listening to Catholic Espresso. Whether you have an espresso in hand or not, this is a podcast that will help you in your journey of faith. And now here's your host, Father Pavel. It's so good to be with you today. Uh, Today it's Friday, the solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I just uh, celebrated Mass this morning. We had an adoration and actually it was the very first um, Mass after reopening uh, the churches um, in our Archdiocese. So uh, I'm glad to be with you because um, I want to share with you how how great um, feeling and um, how great um, morning I had when I saw uh, parishioners and the church uh, was um, uh, full of um, almost 15% capacity. So almost every possible seat was uh, occupied and it was was so great to pray with our parishioners after after a long, long break and um, such a great gift on this uh, solemnity of Sacred Heart uh, to be able to be with parishioners. So there we are in today's episode. You're going to hear a little bit about um, the life of our parish and um, uh, interview with uh, three ladies. Um, they belong to the largest organization um, here at St. Mary Immaculate Catholic Women's League. Uh, they will share with us um, a little bit information about um, the Catholic Women's League. And at the end, uh, as usual, the news of the church prepared by Christina. Welcome. It's good to be in your ear, wherever you are. Uh, I know people listen to us in different parts of the world. So it's great to be with you and beloved parishioners of St. Mary Immaculate. It's so good to be with you also. Let's begin. I almost forgot to have a good sip of espresso. So... Mm, so good, so good, so strong, very worthy for Richmond Hill and uh, for the tradition of many, many Italian parishioners that they have in their homes. So glad to be with you. And um, as I mentioned, today's solemnity of the uh, Sacred Heart of Jesus. So as a part of preparation before today's solemnity, uh, yesterday, we did the review of the pastoral letter on the Sacred Heart of Jesus of uh, Cardinal Thomas Collins, our Archbishop, Heart Speaks to Heart. And also, we talked about um, a book written by Father James Kubicki, Rediscovering Devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, A Heart on Fire. And uh, last episode, you were able to listen to interview with Father Kubicki. Um, uh, very successful books were sold out, a good number of books. Uh, people printed the pastoral letter of Cardinal Collins. They were able to download it uh, from our website. And we had a great, great uh, evening, one hour of talking and um, sharing. I think it was very great preparation before the solemnity and I and it's amazing how many people exactly rediscovered devotion to the Sacred Heart 
even though they they told me uh father i've been a catholic for entire life and um i never pay attention to um to the sacred heart of jesus even though uh in the site chapel we have um we have a beautiful mosaic here at saint mary immaculate of sacred heart of jesus and we print it uh, the copy of this mosaic with uh, the consecration prayer of the families at the back. So um, it was uh, it was a good and fruitful evening. Um, people uh, shared uh, the, the stories on Sacred Heart and how Sacred Heart of Jesus changed their lives, their families. So it helped us to enter into today's solemnity, into today's um, feast and uh, celebration this morning, the first Mass, actually, as I mentioned at the, at the beginning, was the first Mass after reopening of the church. Uh, so many people showed up and after Mass um, adoration and um, um, for me, what I learned um, about Sacred Heart personally uh, is the connection of Sacred Heart of Jesus with the Eucharist, with the Eucharist. And uh, uh, this morning when I exposed the Blessed Sacrament, I, I really connect this, this two uh, beauty of our faith. And I'm sure many uh, our people uh, discover something different, uh, something that they maybe weren't aware of about Sacred Heart. And um, I ask after um, morning Mass, after adoration, uh, three of our parishioners um, about their relationship with the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, before we go to the uh, short interview with the parishioners, I just um, want to let you know you hear the, the the sound probably in the background. Um, so we are at the at the rectory, and um, it's Friday. So Friday we are preparing our property for the weekend. So the guys are cutting the grass and taking care of the landscaping right now. So uh, sorry about it. I'm not at the airport. I'm not at the Pearson airport. I'm not flying. I'm not on Yonge Street. It's just the guys preparing our property for uh, for the weekend. So um, let's listen what our parishioners um, want to share with us about their devotion um, to the Sacred Heart. So I am right after adoration here at, um, at the chapel, side chapel of St. Mary Immaculate, and uh, um, I ask two questions. Uh, first, what is your devotion um, to the Sacred Heart? And secondly, how do you put in practice your devotional life of Sacred Heart of Jesus? Um, the Sacred Heart of Jesus represents God's love for me. He came to the earth for me, lived and suffered and died for me. How I return that love is striving to be holy and to work always for my salvation, the salvation of my brothers and sisters. The Sacred Heart of Jesus for me is giving my heart to him and knowing that he is my beloved and that I am his beloved. And when I'm not able to attend Mass in person, making a spiritual communion with him, and that gives me strength and unity with him. Well, I try to keep the uh, Sacred Heart devotion by uh, attending the first Friday Masses uh, of the month, and I try to keep in practice the message of Divine Mercy. I pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet every day, and I try to treat others in the way that uh, Jesus saw sinners trying to love the 
the individual but hate the sin and always trying to see individuals as God sees them and in the loving embrace of mercy. So as you see, um, the devotion to Sacred Heart is alive. Um, people uh, keep this devotion and uh, they live uh, by the beauty of uh, the Sacred Heart of Jesus and uh, radiate His love um, to the places where they live and when they work. Uh, in the pastoral letter, His Eminence Cardinal Collins gave a few practical suggestions for devotion to the Sacred Heart. Let me briefly um, let me briefly remind you what uh, His Eminence was uh, talking about. Um, so, uh, first of all, he said, make a holy hour. Make a holy hour. That's one of the uh, suggestions uh, for devotion to the Sacred Heart. And number two, read a portion of one of the Gospels every day. And number three, participate in Mass. Number four, place an image of the Sacred Heart in your home and consecrate your family to the Sacred Heart. Give prominence to an image of the Sacred Heart in your parish church. And we are actually fortunate we have a site chapel which is dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, another suge suggestion by Cardinal Collins, uh, Catholic schools have a responsibility to help their students and all in the school community to encounter Jesus, who will inspire and challenge them. And I have to tell you, um, before COVID, when, uh, when we celebrated Masses at schools, um, physically, when we are present there, there's so many great children who were so hungry to hear about Jesus, who are so excited about um, about the Lord. And um, from my experience, um, uh, there was also a situation when the kids brought the parents to the church uh, for Sunday Mass. So um, uh, one of these um, suggestions that uh, Cardinal Collins gave um, is also uh, very fascinating and um, also should be put into the practice. And finally, um, number seven that His Eminence mentioned on his list, carry an image of the Sacred Heart and use it as a constant reminder of the generous love of Jesus, which it symbolizes. Then, and that's the key of the devotion that I think I learn, and um, it's um, not easy to put into practice, but that's what we should do. Put that love into practice throughout the day. Wow. Put that love into practice throughout the day. So um, we continue the month of um, uh, devotion to Sacred Heart, uh, the whole month of June. We are grateful for these two resources that we use, the pastoral letter of Cardinal Collins and also the book of Father James Kubicki. Now, as I mentioned at the, um, at the beginning, uh, there's an interview with uh, members of Catholic Women's League of St. Mary Immaculate Parish, uh, one of the most vibrant organizations that we have here at St. Mary. I know now with the challenges of COVID, everything is um, uh, slowed down and um, even cannot function in the normal uh, normal way. But um, I have to tell you, um, all the listeners 
um, ladies from Catholic Women's League, if you are listening, um, you are such a vibrant group of people. You brought, uh, you are bringing, uh, you bring so much life into uh, into the parish and and um, everything what you've done and what you are doing. It's uh, it's a blessing for me as a, as a pastor of the parish, but also for our parishioners. And I want to thank you for um, uh, for that. Uh, the reason why we have um, ladies today, they are celebrating 100th anniversary, 100 years of uh, Catholic Women's League. Um, so uh, they will share with us um, about um, about the charisma, about um, why, what they do and why they are here in our parish. I hope you're going to enjoy uh, this short interview. Hello, everybody. It's so great to be with you. Episode number 10 and a great anniversary for Catholic Espresso, but not only for Catholic Espresso. It's an anniversary for the great organization that we have here at St. Mary Immaculate. And I want to welcome three wonderful ladies. Um, ladies, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Good evening, Father Pavel. I'm Boots Montano. And I'm the president of your St. Mary Immaculate Church Catholic Women's League. Hi, Father Powell. My name is Patricia Ramono. Hello to everyone. Good evening. I also am on the Catholic Women's League at St. Mary Immaculate, um, representing community life. Good evening, Father Powell and uh, everyone. Um, my name is Beatrice Virginillo, and I'm the spiritual development chair for the Catholic Women's League at St. Mary Immaculate Church. So we know what we're going to talk about tonight. And um, uh, obviously, of course, we'll talk about Catholic Women's League. So, um, ladies, thank you for being with us. And I hope uh, because of your presence um, with us uh, on this episode number 10, uh, we'll bring our listeners closer to your organization. So uh, can you tell me something about the history of Catholic uh, Women's League? Uh, why do we have this organization um, in the Catholic Church? Who was the founder? When? Where? Can you give us some feedback? So um, the um, the Toronto Diocesan Council, their very first meeting was in June 3, 1921. So we celebrated it virtually this year on June 3rd, 2021. And uh, however, the national um, CWL hasn't celebrated because of the delay due to COVID and because that's national celebration. It will be sometime in August this year, 2021. And um, Okay, so uh, you have been for 100 years. No, 100. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Toronto, Toronto Whoa. Diocese is really 100, Father. It's, you know, 100 years. Yes. Our St. Mary Immaculate, we belong to the um, Archdiocese of Toronto um, under um, our Cardinal um, Cardinal Collins. We are one of the churches in, in his uh, Archdiocese. And that's why His Eminence Cardinal Collins, a uh, couple years ago, a few years ago, came to our parish to celebrate with you. What was it? 2016. 16 and it was how many years here at the parish um father we have to qualify that because actually uh, if you take our um we were chartered 
December to 1956. So when we celebrated 2016, that was really 60 years of being charted as a Catholic Women's League organization here at the parish. However, um, they don't count it when we, um, like there was a time when, when it was uh, for 10 years, it was, they said it was disbanded, right? But we don't have history of that because there are no records. So if you, you give, if you allow them to say that in 10 years they were disbanded and there was only um, a Catholic auxiliary women's group, then we are 45 years as of today. That's wonderful. But we are writing the history right now by your presence here at St. Mary. So, ladies, can you tell us what you are doing uh, according to your motto of Catholic Women's League for God and for the country? Well, yeah, I'm in charge of spiritual development. So spiritual growth is at the very heart of the League and it's the essence of its, of its existence. Um, our patroness is of the League is our, the Blessed Virgin Mary under the title of Our Lady of Good Counsel. Specifically, my duties as spiritual development chair is to oversee the spiritual growth of, the, of the, our members, evangelization, and um, there's all, a lot of other things as well, but those are the highlights. And how do we do this? We do this through prayer, through um, reflections. Uh, before COVID, we organized masses uh, that for a lady of our of good counsel on April 26. Um, there is also uh, we organized uh, Lectio Divina uh, going down to St. Michael's Cathedral. And we were participated with the, at the Cardinals um, when his Alexio Divina series. Uh, we have retreat days. We, in the past, we've gone to Mary Lake and uh, prayed the rosary along the rosary path. Um, we participate in the greater outside our own group. We're part of, we're also connected to the greater part of society through uh, initiatives such as palliative care. And we organize a, a prayer day of 12 hours of, uh, for palliative care. And we have uh, 12 hours from 8 to 8, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Women from the League are constantly saying the rosary one after the other. So every half hour, uh, a rosary is being said for palliative care. And so that way we are connected to the greater part of society, in Canadian uh, society. Um, those are just some of the things that uh, we've been doing. But um, I have to tell, I have to admit that uh, you are one of the most vibrant organization uh, here at St. Mary. And um, uh, also, I want to thank you because whenever we have a special, uh, special job to do, a uh, special request to do, you are always willing to help the parish. You are always so vibrant, so organized. So, uh, what do you do on the parish level here at Saint Mary? Historically, Father, we've um, you know had the annual poinsettia sale uh, at Christmas time, at time the uh, annual bazaar. And that brings a lot of our parish um, community together, as well as the vendors that, um, you know, are there to sell their often home-crafted items to our, our parishioners. And what we do is we bring 
together community. Uh, in my role in, in community life, I often tap into our parish schools and have gotten a number of amazing young volunteers to help out, help out at the events. And um, it really is community coming together through something like the annual tea that we hold in December, which I'm hoping will happen this year once we Absolutely. And I have to tell you, you are very visible uh, in the life of the parish. Um, uh, one of the things I, I really enjoy to do with you is the book club. I hope we're going to um, continue to do that. And also your, um, uh, your kiosk with the religious articles, people really are waiting when you were at the back of the church with the religious articles. Um, and I know and I see that you are bringing community together um, every Advent and Lent when you have um, uh, the day of retreat uh, brings so many people to the parish hall and you do the uh, breakfast and we have talks on different uh, topics. Uh, what you did with the St. Joseph this year, uh, organizing, helping um, to sell the books and uh, to have uh, the sessions in the evening. And again, this Friday, uh, the Solemnity of Sacred Heart. Also, your organization is involved under your patronage. We have um, uh, the review of the Cardinal, Cardinal's document and also the book. So you are present in so many different areas. And uh, so how, how many members do you have currently here at St. Mary Immaculate? Right now, Fathers, 112. Wow, all women. Yes, of course. <laughs> Catholic Women's League. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Such a great number. And what's the age of the uh, members? Is it any any limit? Who can become a member of Catholic Women's League? To be 16 years old. 16 years old. But to be um, uh, an officer, I believe, is 18 years old. But we had members in their 20s before, but now um, some of them have moved. And so, um, but our membership is um, is a good cross section from, you know, from the late 20s to 80s. So uh, we have a lot of um, middle-aged women. And so that's why we're active because, you know, um, our, our parish is still young. It's a young parish in terms of um, demographics. Absolutely, it's young. Look at your pastor. Secondly, I want to ask you, who is the oldest member of Catholic Women's League here at, at uh, St. Mary Immaculate? Should be in who their 90s. In 90s. 90s. Wow, such a great, great yeah. Um, um, yeah, variety of people that you have. And I know you have people of different professions. I know that you have people of different, um, uh, different ethnic groups, which also makes... Uh, Catholic Women's League very, very attractive. Um, so uh, during the COVID, how COVID changed your organization? Uh, what did you do during the pandemic? In the pandemic, uh, once um, it was it was really sad because when, when the church was locked down, it was just the day before we were going to have our, our uh, Lenten recollection. So that was March 13, we were locked down and we had Lenten recollection right on March 14 and we had to I cancel remember. it. Mm. And, and so- th But eventually we did it. 
eventually yeah. we did it, remember? Um, we did the Advent Recollection, yes, in 2020, in December. Yeah. We did that, yes, with Father Eric Rodriguez. But um, so... It was online, of course. It yes. was virtual, yes. which is another sign of the time of pandemic, right? right. But uh, did, you, did you have a chance to get together during that time? Uh, to have a meetings? No, Father. When when your church, when our church reopened in June, like in Father's Day weekend in June last year, but as you know, we break for the summer in July and August, so we didn't start zooming. You know, you ask your permission if you can have a Zoom meeting until October. In September, that's when we try to communicate to you know to the ladies and to prepare them that we will be meeting virtually, and we've been doing that since then. Since October till so now. So you, so you are in in touch with the members, and uh, you are in constant contact with them, right? Yes, we are, Father, because we we send email blast. Um, Anita, uh, our corresponding secretary, she's very efficient when it comes to that, to keep everybody notified, especially when we have death in the families of our members. We make sure that. So what do you do if you have a death in the in the in the families? What do you do? We offer prayers for them. We offer mass from our mm -hmm. church, right? And also when we, every time we meet, when we have a meeting, whether it be an executive meeting or um, or general meeting, we pray the Holy Rosary. And, uh, and then we mention the ones that have passed away and we pray for them at the same time. Also, we have uh, usually mass on uh, Our Lady of Good Counsel. What's your connection with, uh, with that feast? Why Our Lady of Good Counsel? Our Lady of Good Counsel is the, the patroness of, of the Catholic Women's League nationally, mm -hmm. okay? So we celebrate that on April 26th, and it's really, it's a celebration, it's not a meeting, because what we do is we have, uh, we, that's when we give awards, if you remember, Father, we give awards, we give certificates, we, we give Madonna pins for all our members who have contributed in, in many ways, you know, for the success of our mission, and mm -hmm. as you know, our mission is really faith, love, and service. A um, couple of weeks ago, uh, you participated in um, in a big, huge meeting. Uh, it was Saturday, I think two weeks ago, right? Yeah, maybe about two weeks ago. Yeah. Yes. What was this meeting all about, and who participated in it? Um, Beatrice, you can go ahead. Yeah. Well, this meeting um, was. Um, the AGM, and uh, and it basically it was a celebration of the 100th year anniversary of the Women's League, uh, Catherine Women's League in Ontario, in a, sorry, excuse me, in Toronto. We started off with a, a mass celebration, uh, which was officiated by our spiritual, the spiritual advisor, Monsignor Patrick O'Day. And uh, in his homily, he recounted the history of the Catholic Women's League and starting back in the early 1900s, how they first, their service was to immigrants and refugees, which was, um, and which we continue to serve to this day as well. Um, he, yeah, he, he basically, he went through the various decades and how each decade, uh, the Catholic Women's League, the presence was within Canadian society. Like in, in the 1940s during the war, uh, the Women's League was also side by side with other Canadian women, uh, sewing clothes, things like that, uniforms. 
And nevertheless, um, it was a, a beautiful celebration with lots of prayers. The, the themes of the meeting was uh, our common home and loneliness. Uh, two themes that uh, we we prayed about nature and the you know the taking care of our of the earth, and we prayed for people who are lonely, which has drastically increased during this past year of the pandemic. So those are some of the things that was were touched upon. So it looks like uh, your organization always responded to the to the needs of the time. Um, so, uh, do you do something special for the members of Catholic Women's League who are uh, maybe who are lonely, maybe who are sick? Um, uh, is it any program that you introduce in that uh, in that areas? Yes, uh, we we have also a telephone committee that has served our members that don't have technology available to them. And we've had, uh, you know, a group of women reach out, check in on them, you know, see if there's anything that they need. Um, because we know loneliness is real, especially during a pandemic. And um, that has been a source of comfort for many of our parishioners. Absolutely. Um, when I talk with uh, your president, uh, Boots, on uh, many things that are connected with Catholic Women's League. Uh, she always is so excited about the future and, and I know um, she wants to give a great future uh, for the organization. So uh, what is your plan? What is your vision of Catholic Women's League here at St. Mary Immaculate? Father, definitely we need to uh, still increase our membership and, and, and get and try to um, attract our young members because uh, that's the life of you know of any organization you have to have a different age range of members and that in that way you're able to really uh, get support and whatever um, uh, what do you call this whatever um, objectives you want to achieve because they have to be there are certain people who are good at something and and you know uh, there's a lot of talents there that you can really um, take advantage of and um, and to be able to do our mission. And we know that we have a lot of um, young people uh, who can really join because we have what you call the Catholic Girls League. So it's not just Catholic Women's League now, Father. So we can introduce this in our parish. We don't have it yet. We have the Catholic Girls League. And, and that way that the membership will continue on because after they graduate from that and then they join the Catholic Women's League. So the life of Catholic Women's League will always be extended. And, uh, and that's what we're aiming for. Obviously, there is um, there is um, a huge need to take care of um, of the younger members of our parish and uh, to offer them um, a different way of acting in the parish life. So um, that's that's number one. What else um, is in your vision as an organization here at Saint Mary Immaculate? In order to retain, you have to be able to retain membership. It's very important to keep them really grounded. And um, so we have introduced our um, our um, orientation 
because when they become member, we don't want them to be blind. We want them to know what they're here for. Why do they belong to Catholic Women's League? So we've offered our our own um, orientation. It's um, it's a uh, it's usually on a Saturday morning after mass, and we all go downstairs, and and uh, that way they are oriented. They are they were they're educated, and they know what they're. The, you know what they are up against, and 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 also they can tell for themselves what their what their uh, um, expertise or experiences, and and which committee they can join, and which um, um, and which events they would like to. Because Father, as you know, we have spiritual events, we have social events, we have educational events, we have fundraising events. It's varied, right? In order to support our ministries, and 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 I'm, we're pretty sure that there's always something that will interest especially new members where they want to be connected with um patricia you mentioned that you are in charge of um uh the contact the uh, cooperation with the schools how does it uh work how does it look uh what you are doing so I also sit on the Catholic School Council as a co-chair uh, at St. Teresa specifically. And a lot of um, my updates to the school are things that are happening at St. Mary Immaculate, whether it's the Catholic Women's League or the parish in general. So there is an ex a constant exchange of information. Um, I also know that Catholic Women's League supports the March for Life for St. Teresa of Lisieux every year in March when they go to Ottawa. Um, to have a silent protest. Um, so we try to just engage school, parish um, together with the events that happen. And, um, you know, for example, there's a St. Michael's scholarship as well. I brought that to the table at the high school to say, if we have a female student that's going to U of T registered for this program, they should apply for the scholarship. And there's also a mention of that in the parish bulletin. So again, ensuring the information filters through to the school from the parish. A couple of days ago, I, I went through some pictures on my on my iPad, and um, uh, there was a video of you ladies uh, from Philadelphia when you went for the uh, uh, world meeting of families, father. Exactly, World Meeting of the Families. And uh, you were actually on the uh, local TV channel, CTV. Uh, they introduced you and I was so proud when I look at you, I was like, wow, our ladies are there. And you had a beautiful poster, um, Richmond Hill, Catholic Women's League, uh, we greet Pope Francis. So uh, you do so many things. Can you, can you tell us about the speakers, about your guests, about uh, what happened for the last few years of your presence here at St. Mary Immaculate? Uh, we've had invited many um, speakers, but one that really stands in my mind is uh, Dr. Mariah Queen, I think her name is. She did a, yes. a speak on euthanasia. Um, mm -hmm. And that was uh, a very profound talk. And then we've also had the Sisters of Life, uh, Sister Mary John, who spoke about her congregation. And um, those are just two of them that st stay, you know, that touched me at a deep level that I remember. But we've had so many other very good speakers that. Uh... You had the Bishop uh, Kirkpatrick, you had uh, Father Eric Rodriguez. 
Uh, who else? Um, we have invited several from the St. Augustine Seminary, and they're all, you know, um, excellent speakers. Um, and we also invited um, the nun. It's um, Sister. Was it Sister Anne? She's with the uh, St. Bernard. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, no, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. Yeah, and um, she's um, she's she's really um, what do you call this? She has a very good sense of humor, and and really she's hands on. Like you know, uh, uh, she's uh, she had, she's a short nun, very short in stature, and yet she's she's a dynamo. She's really dynamic, right? You know, she does a lot of things that um, some some people wouldn't even try. <laughs> Many, many, many saints are like that. So it was so great. And we also have Father Anthony from Labrador that came to speak. Oh, yeah. You know, I think you should mention what you are doing for Father Anthony, because that's something that uh, many people in the parish don't uh, don't have a clue. And I think our listeners will be very interesting to uh, to know about it, what you are doing. Okay, Father. As you know, Father Anthony, she, he has this mission at uh, in Newfoundland in Labrador, and he is with the Inu, the indigenous people called the Inu. And he's done a lot of progress. I, I believe he's been there for seven years, and he has learned to, you know, he has tried to learn the language so as he can uh, celebrate Mass in their Inu language. And um, he has uh, tried to really evangelize them so that they know who Jesus is and who, who Mother Mary is. But right now, he has told us that he wants to them to know who Saint Joseph is, which is very fitting because it is the year of Saint Joseph. So um, we are sending him a big uh, photo of Saint Joseph, which he could frame. And we're also sending him prayer cards for the 50 Inu people that who's in his um, parish and also medals of uh, St. Joseph. Um, and on the back is the Holy Family and the front is St. Joseph and Jesus because this is his next mission is to introduce St. Joseph to them. I'm sure one of the episodes of Catholic Espresso will be dedicated to Father Anthony and his work and his mission because it's so fascinating. When I met him first time, I was like, wow, wow, such a man. He's on fire. Uh, he's doing such a great job in a very difficult um, uh, reality and environment. So uh, we have a couple more minutes before we have to finish. Uh, so my last question, if, first of all, our listener would love to join you, a lady. What she should do, what kind of contact information you can give? We, we have the Catholic Women's League contact information on our, on our bulletin. Um, they can reach out to any one of the members. Uh, Boots, as you know, is our president. Um, if they wish to be part of our uh, affiliation, we'd love for more members to join. We can definitely afford more members to join. Um, as Boots mentioned, we're just over, uh, you know, 120. We, we want to get that number up um, with especially younger parishioners. Um, again, if there's other uh, contact methods, Beatrice or Boots, jump in. Father, I just want to mention that in 1920, the very first national president was Bell, Bell Guerin, G-U-E-R-I-N. 
and that was in 1920 and and last year was supposed to be our national celebration of 100 years but that is postponed till august this year 2021 so what we celebrated on june 3 is for our diocese toronto diocese and it's we're really 100 years today because it's 1921 um, that um, they had the first meeting and the first president was miss mary mcmahon so that's the history so basically it's so good to have this podcast recorded today on your exact anniversary <laughs> so as you see our listeners we have lots of celebrations with catholic women's league if you want to join them contact the parish office uh find the information on our website uh give a call to the office we'll direct you uh to catholic women's league and finally if someone wants to help you financially what you would you would use that money for Father, we support 10 ministries. Uh, we give them financial um, uh, support every year, which we raise from our from our um, fundraising, as, as mentioned earlier, the uh, annual tea point such and craft sale and bake sale, which for the whole 16 months of pandemic, we cannot do, okay? So, um, and also we support members who cannot afford to pay and who are elderly. So for them to stay with the CWL, we, we um, pay for their um, their dues, their monthly, their yearly um, dues. Um, on my on my behalf, um, I, I really want to thank you for what you are doing. Uh, your presence is so significant here at St. Mary Immaculate. You do so many great things. I know when I have any uh, special uh, special need. I can always count of you ladies and and you are very precious to us all and uh, I know that our parishioners are um, enjoying and treasuring everything you do for the parish, for the community, for our parishioners and uh, I wish you all that um, uh, you will uh, grow in the parish, you will have more mem members and uh, and we together as a parish community will do many, many good things in the future. Thank you so much, um, Patricia, Beatrice, Boots, thank you for being here and um, God bless you in everything you do. Have a great, great rest of pandemia and hopefully uh, soon we'll be back and uh, safely and continue uh, to be together um, at St. Mary Immaculate. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. for your guidance and support. Thank you, ladies from Catholic Women's League. And uh, one more time, thank you for everything you do for our parish. And now, traditionally, the news of the church by Christina. Thank you, Father, and welcome everyone to this week's edition of News of the Church. The president of the Pontifical Academy for Life, Archbishop Vincenzo Paglia, has gathered 10 prominent theologians to produce the document Rescuing Fraternity Together. The Archbishop stated that the countries in the Southern Hemisphere must form a new alliance with the North. Likewise, Europe must feel that Africa is its sister. The Archbishop stated that the pandemic has made us understand that we cannot be saved alone. The document is an open 
open letter to academics that contains a series of topics and discusses the current state of faith in the world and the effects of the global health crisis while reflecting on theology as a common good. A timely and inspiring book from the Institute for Catholic Liberal Education called Renewing Catholic Schools, How to Regain a Catholic Vision for a Secular Age is a collection of essays which is a joyful call to action from a brave and highly successful band of experienced Catholic educators. And as such, the book is a must-read for every Catholic parent, teacher, bishop, and priest. A new group called the John 17 Movement refers to the chapter of the Gospel in the profound message of unity from the Jesus Prayer found in the Gospel when Christ prayed for his believers to unite. Joseph Tassini started this movement three years ago. They all share one thing in common among Catholics, Protestants, Orthodox, Evangelicals, Pentecostal, and Charismatic believers that Jesus is Savior and Lord. The goal is not to convert everyone to one's personal view of Scripture but to understand and respect each other's beliefs and differences. And finally, some words from Holy Father, that when we receive the Eucharist, Jesus does the same with us. He knows us. He knows we are sinners. He knows we make many mistakes, but he does not give up on joining his life to ours because the Eucharist is not the reward of saints, but the bread of sinners. And that's this week's edition of News of the Church. I'm Christina Doyle. Now back to Father Paul. Thank you, Christina, for the News of the Church. And um, we are almost at the end of the episode number 10 of Catholic Espresso. In two weeks, we'll have um, another episode, episode number 11, God's Willing. And actually, that's going to be the last episode before... We'll take a summer break um, and uh, we will record again episodes of Catholic Espresso in September. I think we all need a little break and uh, we all need a little uh, fresh air and maybe think about the new ideas, how, um, what direction we should go with Catholic Espresso with the podcast. So... Um, I wish you all a wonderful, great week. Uh, many, many of you will be watching um, European uh, soccer, um, Euro 2020. Uh, today, Friday, uh, we are right before the game, uh, Italy and Turkey at 2 p.m. Um, so um, enjoy, uh, enjoy the games, enjoy um, uh, Euro 2020. I'm pretty sure there is lots of uh, soccer fans um, among our listeners. Enjoy also the um, outdoor activities. The weather is just unbelievable. It's so beautiful. Um, I get up in the morning and uh, the light uh, gives me so much energy. The blue sky, sunshine, um, it's just unbelievable. So enjoy this time of the year and uh, enjoy the green part of Richmond Hill. Thank you, Christina, for preparing um, the news of the church. And also thank you, Paul, for editing um, our podcast. I wish you all a great, a great um, weeks of June. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy um, this warm, beautiful days. And may Almighty God bless you and protect you and be with you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.